This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today, Molly and I will be discussing communication while traveling. The two of us actually just got back from a trip to Peru, where we spent a week together. The week before that, we were in San Diego for a bachelorette party with a group. Prior to that, we hadn't seen each other since January when we took a cross-country road trip together, driving all the way from Florida to California. So we have a lot of experience traveling together, but we also each have a fair amount of experience traveling with other people. We've learned so much about ourselves and about how to communicate our needs while traveling that we thought it would make a fun episode to share some of our experiences about what we've learned to help people going on trips with long-distance friends, close friends, strangers, acquaintances, family members. So here we are. So I've heard a lot um, of people say things like, when you're in a relationship, oh, if you travel together, this is the true test if you're, like, going to be okay. Because it's so, like, testing. I feel like when you're traveling together, there's everything's just kind of heightened and there's so many more stakes. So the communication piece really comes into play while traveling. It just, um, you have to think about it and you have to use the strategies that we're going to go over to make sure that you're going to have a good time because traveling can be really, really, really fun. Or it can be very, very, very stressful and bring out sometimes the worst in people. But we're going to try and share some tips to bring out the best in people and make sure we're, like, enjoying the travel part and not getting stressed by poor communication strategies. Yeah, which when you think about it, in the fact that people say traveling is a huge test makes a lot of sense. Because when you're traveling with someone, you're with them probably 24-7 You're both out of your normal routines. You are not doing things as you normally would. So, for example, for me, a big challenge of traveling, even though I love to do it, is that I'm not in my typical morning routine. And I have a very regimented morning routine. And I feel out of whack when I'm not doing that. So it's important for me to travel with someone who's going to understand at least a little bit of that and be willing to work some of my routine into the daily schedule. Mm -hmm. And I think that brings up one of the points that I wanted to make this episode. Um, One of the first strategies I thought of when you're traveling with someone is that um, it's really important to communicate your overall travel needs. Mm -hmm. Um, So like Trisha just said, her travel um, need is at least having some of her morning routine still kept in place. So she can feel some of her norms still, and you can go more into that, Trisha. But I think it's when I travel with you, we definitely tried our darndest to make sure we <laughs> kept that going. There are some mornings we had to wake up at 3 a.m. where we couldn't, <laughs> but um, we always tried to make sure that was accounted for. And I think that, I mean, I'm speaking for your experience right now, <laughs> but I'm thinking that made your travel experience a little bit like more in enjoyable. Yeah, it definitely did. And I appreciated Molly understanding that. So for example, when we were 
in Houston, Texas. It was the first stop on our road trip from Florida. It was a really long day the night before. And Molly started talking to me, like, first thing in the morning. We had just woken up, and I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Usually that. Usually in the morning, I have a really long routine of, like, doing yoga and meditation, and then I have breakfast and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I know that that's not going to happen on a trip, but I was like, I told Molly, it's very important to me to have at least 10 minutes in the morning for me to pray slash meditate slash stretch and do my thing before I can converse with you and be a normal human. And so after voicing that need, even though it can feel uncomfortable to do that, it was really important for me to stand up and say, hey, I need this for your benefit. You do not want to talk to me before I do that because I just need that check-in time. I don't want to resent you for not letting me do that. And so Molly, of course, was receptive to that need. And so each morning I was able to have that time for myself and it really helped. Mm -hmm. And it made our travel experience way better. Like you were in a good mood because you we voiced our like communication needs and our needs for the traveling trip. So I thought that was great. One of my needs for traveling, I think, is eating. And luckily, I surround myself with people who like to eat as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really run into this. But, like, I've had a couple trips where people will forget that we need to eat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, it's been a while and I'm getting very angry because I haven't eaten and I need to eat. So, like, I'll voice it in a way of, like, letting people know, hey, let's plan for lunch because I'm getting kind of hungry. Instead of, like, right when I'm over the edge of already being hungry, being like, are we going to eat? Like (laughs) I'm losing my mind. So just making sure your needs are very clear. Um, I have another friend who needs a bed when she travels, like she needs it or it's not a fun trip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she always communicates that even before the trip happens, like making, um, sleeping arrangements, she will make sure that she's like, Hey, I'll pay more, but I need a room with a bed to myself Mm -hmm. and it needs to be a actual bed, not a pullout or something. And that when it's met makes her travel experience way better. And when it's not, I don't think she has a very good time and you do the people she's with. Mm-hmm. So I think the main thing to keep in mind when you're traveling is you want to, one, be direct about what you want from the experience, what your needs are. Be open with that. If you keep everything to yourself, you can't blame other people for not meeting your needs. But you also, to a certain extent, have to be open to compromise. If there are non-negotiables, like for Molly's friend, having a bed, that's really important to voice prior to the trip because you want to make sure... And it's a non-negotiable too, so it has to be voiced prior to or it's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. I think most of these things you should talk about before taking a trip and make sure that you're going on a trip with someone who is respective of that. It's most fun for me when I travel with people who want to do similar things. Lots of people have different travel styles. Some people are really into monuments and museums and structured activities. I'm more on the side of I want to just wander around the city and eat the local food and talk to the local people. I think Molly's kind of in between. So like this trip to Peru, we had a nice balance of some days were very structured. We were with a tour guide and that is very foreign to me when I travel, but I learned that I actually really enjoyed it. But then we still had the days that I wanted, which was just, like, meandering around the town, having coffee, chatting with some Peruvians, and just getting to know the culture. So it's important to make sure before you go, like, when you're planning the trip, to work in things that you both want to do. So that's exactly what I was going to say, is that I really think um, 
you have to take these things into account, like we said prior to. So we, when we planned the trip, we talked about like, hey, we're going to have a day of like fully planned like tour guide stuff. And then the other days when we get to a city, we're going to have time when we just meander because that's the best of both worlds for both of us. Mm -hmm. I think another really important thing to talk about before you go is budget talking about oh money. yes I forgot about that one <laughs> yeah talking about money I hate I hate money I just you know it's annoying I hate talking about it but it's something that's really important to discuss because if I'm going with on a trip with someone who has a budget of I don't know a thousand dollars a night for a hotel room and fancy dinners and all these things and I'm usually the person that is like hey let's do the Airbnb or the hostel or couch surfing, which is free and get the hole in the wall $5 meal because I'm on a budget. It's really important that you're comfortable to express those needs. Otherwise you're going to be stressed the entire trip if you're paying out of your budget. Or if you have a high budget and you say, you know what? I worked really hard. I want to spoil myself on this trip. I'm not cutting corners then you need to voice that and be upfront that you want to have, you want to spend money on those luxuries. You don't want to have a cheap vacation, but that's definitely a conversation you need to have prior to taking off. Yeah. I've, I'm noticing like when I thought about this episode, when we, before we started recording, I was thinking these are all going to be things you talk about on the trip, but really they're all things you need to talk about before that budget piece can come make some real tense moments Mm -hmm. during the trip if it's not discussed before. And it's really important to do that because then, again, that piece of compromise comes in too, right? Of like, hey, I really, really want to do this crazy long, like, expensive thing, but, like, you can't, like, fit that into your budget, so let's work around it. Or, like, hey, I can't afford that. Like, let's figure out a different way to do it. Um, And I think that brings up another good point of traveling um, communicating your needs and then knowing that you can do different things when you're traveling. I think mm-hmm. that's huge too. Yeah. You are on a trip t- sometimes like a week or two, 24 seven with someone like you're going to need some alone time and it's okay to voice that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to separate for a little bit. I used to go on trips with, um, someone when I studied abroad who was really into museums and I, I'm somewhat in, so sometimes I would go to museums with her, but a lot of other times I was like, hey, you go do that, I'm going to go putz around the square for a little bit Mm -hmm. and shop at the stupid shops (laughs) and waste all my money. But um, I think that's really important, too, is um, letting people know your desires and then being okay with, like, doing separate plans for a little Mm -hmm. bit. And this can be so tricky, especially if you're going on a trip with a larger group. No one wants to be that person that's like, hey, I can't afford this. But it's really important that you stand up for yourself and you you say up front, this is the amount of money that I budgeted for this trip. I'm happy to spend anywhere up to that amount. But that's also important is you have to be firm with your boundaries. If you say like, oh, I just want a cheap trip, but don't give a specific number. How is the other person supposed to know what you want? Because that's such an ambiguous word too, is mm-hmm. cheap. It's like, what does that mean to different people that could mean this amount of money to this person but it could mean this amount to another so being specific and firm like you're saying is really important yeah and one thing I found in the past with group trips is sometimes I'll be afraid to speak up and say like hey this isn't really in my budget and then I'll 
say it after the fact, and then like five other people will say, "Oh my gosh, me too." And so it's, but none of us said it, and we all could have been on the same page if someone had just spoken up. And so don't be afraid to be that person because it people are going to understand and respect that. And if you're traveling with people who don't understand and respect that, then do your own thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to that point, like, you're going to have people that you're good at traveling with and you're going to have people that you're not good at traveling mm-hmm. with. It doesn't mean you're not good friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's a huge point to say. Like, just because you, you're not the best travel partner with that person doesn't mean your friendship isn't great. It's just... You have different travel styles, which is totally normal. Mm-hmm. But again, it's important to talk about that and discuss that before you blow up on a trip. Yeah, and you may not know that until you go on a trip with someone. And then it's like Molly mentioned before, you do learn a lot about people when you're traveling. You learn a lot about people's flexibility. You learn a lot about people's stress management styles, coping techniques. And that's okay. It, I think, makes a friendship stronger because we see how people handle stressful situations like for us we happened to end up one night lost in the streets of Peru at 11 30 p.m not knowing where we were staying and asking a woman for a wi-fi password who literally just shook her head in our faces and said no until we both cried so in that moment it was a very tense moment (laughs) but we got through it because we both respected each other's coping styles, and so it meant for a little while, Molly and I just didn't really talk to each other because we had to, to do our own thing and then tiptoed our way back into it by reading the situation and reading how the other person was feeling. And eventually, I think it made us stronger because now the next time we're in a situation like that, one, we know how to prevent it, but two, I also know how Molly will likely react so that I know how to react in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of my favorite parts post <laughs> looking back <laughs> being yeah. in the situation. <laughs> yes. Um, was the p- fact that like afterwards you said something to me, like when we had both calmed our emotions, you were like, Oh, just so you know, I really liked when you said this thing because it made me feel this way. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Cause I was just blurting out my emotions, but like that was good because now I know I can still do that. And mm-hmm. like, we'll still have a comfortable situation yeah just to make that more clear for people listening we were both silent because neither of us wanted to acknowledge what a terrible situation we were in (laughs) and so molly eventually was like the situation is awful maybe a little more explicitly than that (laughs) and so i was like yes it is and i was so glad that she said it because it's like we were both pretending because neither of us wanted to ruin the moment or whatever neither of us were being honest and so later i said you know it made me feel so much better when you just said that so that i knew that like we could share that stressful moment instead of trying to keep it to ourselves and trying to be strong quote-unquote for the other person it was like no let's talk about how awful this is and how we didn't the, the irony of it all is that we weren't even supposed to be there at that time. We, like, went to great lengths to change our plans for this to happen. But whatever, learning experience. And so it was a lot of frustration piled on one thing, piled on top of the other. The fact that we were both able to just let out that breath that we'd been holding and say, this is the worst, and talk about it was really helpful. And that situation wouldn't have been the same with every single person. So because me and Trisha felt that breath of fresh air and we both realized the situation sucked and we were able to say it out loud, if I was with another person, they might have been like, 
why did you have to say that? That just made it more tense for me and that made me more stressed. Like, so because we communicated that was something that we felt was lightening the situation, we know the next time we can do the same thing to make each other feel better. But we have to communicate that because it's not the same for everybody. So that whole experience taught us how we respond in certain difficult situations. There was another situation where we needed our passports for something and we didn't have them and that was stressful and I had a picture of my passport on my phone and Molly didn't and so it was a really good experience in learning how to navigate when Molly's freaking out and I'm not. Type of, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think another thing that made that um, good too, I don't know if it was as good for you as it was for me, but when I said something like the next day, like, hey, Trisha, I'm going to get through a whole day of not snapping at you. <laughs> and like me just <laughs> acknowledging the fact that I was doing something that wasn't great, I think is important because if we just went on the whole trip and like didn't acknowledge the fact that I was snapping at you every day, like that might've been stressful for you. Cause you would have probably thought like, she doesn't even realize she's doing it or like, mm-hmm. she doesn't even care, whatever. So like me, I felt like I should have done, I felt like I did that for a reason to be like, Hey, I know this is not great. I'm going to try and work on it here for it. Mm-hmm. But it's... I don't know if that's a word, but, it, but yes. It's also anytime you're traveling, you have to understand that people are not in their element. And so it didn't bother me that you were snapping at me because I was probably snapping at you back. And also I just have to know like, okay, Molly is feeling stressed right now because she doesn't have her passport and she doesn't know what's going to happen if they're going to let her into this city. And that's a stressful thing. So if I don't give you the space to deal with that that's on me and so there's a lot of balance to be had I really appreciated when you said that and acknowledged it but also I think both people have to be aware that those things can happen that's because you're a good communication partner (laughs) so that made it easier but yeah I think that was really important so obviously Molly and I are very close friends and we talk a lot about these things. We're open communicators. So our trip was going to be a little different from if you're traveling with someone who you don't know as well. I remember when I studied abroad, a lot of my trips were with people that were just acquaintances and they were last minute trips. And again, it comes down to being open and direct about what you want to do. Even if you don't know that person, it's important to say like, hey, this museum is a top priority. I want to do this. Or if it's not your priority, say, you know, I'm going to go check out this cafe instead. But just being comfortable being honest. Definitely. How was it, Molly, if you don't mind me asking, traveling with your boyfriend for the first time? Um, that was good. The thing was with that, it, it wasn't like, it was a weekend trip. We went in a car. Um, so a lot of the the traveling, like, pieces that make things so stressful weren't there Mm -hmm. so there wasn't the huge time constraint of making a flight there wasn't the huge like um cultural shock like we went to a city like down three hours south Mm -hmm. um so I didn't get to feel as much of the pieces that usually cause the stress when you're traveling with somebody um but we are hoping to travel together soon so I think this is making me think like oh we should probably talk about like the things that will come up when we're traveling maybe on a plane Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe doing different cultural things where we want to each like hit the points where we want but thinking back on that weekend trip we did kind of talk about beforehand like hey here's my itinerary for the trip I want to drink beer I want to do a hike how are you feeling about that and each one of us were in agreement 
And it just made that kind of going into it way better. Like, hey, want to do this? Cool, me too. Done. Mm-hmm. And then we also love time to go with the flow. And um, it was definitely eye-opening. But I'm, I think as you build relationships with someone, um, it's easier to go into, like, heavier travel experiences mm-hmm. in that way. It's so funny. So, like, little things come up when you're traveling that you don't know about a person. Like, I took mm-hmm. a work trip with a coworker for the first time. It was our first time flying together. And he was at the airport, like, he's like, I'm a, I forget if it was two or three hours. He's very early. Whereas I've traveled a lot and I just, I used to be a very anxious traveler and now I'm like, eh, I'll get there an hour before, it'll be fine. And so it was just interesting. It wasn't a problem, but it was funny learning these little things about people. And again, I feel like it makes your connection a lot stronger. That's something I wouldn't have known about him just in conversation until I took a trip with him and flew with him and like, okay, so this is what this person needs. And it's about respecting each other because if I said, well, I don't want to get there two hours early, let's go together an hour before, he would have been uncomfortable. And if I -hmm. didn't want to go two hours early, I would have been uncomfortable. So someone has to compromise. In our case, we just went at different times and he waited for me. That's great. That's what I would have suggested too. And I think... um that's a great way to do it because then you didn't have to get in this weird fight and you did voice your, I guess in that situation, you kind of had to voice your opinions because you had to get to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think that was a good compromise. Like, Hey, just meet you there. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I think is important to talk about when you're traveling with someone is pet peeves. Like we've mentioned before, they, during traveling, you are with the person way more than you usually are. So pet peeves become heightened and heightened and heightened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I think that's something else, just like everything else we've talked about, um, it's important to nip it in the bud before it becomes some passive-aggressively communicated situation. Yeah. So we can bring up the situation that happened in Peru. Um, I do a lovely habit of (laughs) when I eat, I scrape my teeth against my fork and it makes just a glorious sound. And, and it drives me crazy. also makes my teeth look great. <laughs> and I, like, knew that, but I haven't traveled with Trisha. I think the last time we brought up was January, and obviously that's not something that's going to come up over the phone when we're talking. Mm-hmm. So Because we don't eat in front of each other ever, really, Yeah. when we're long distance. So, like, when it came up on the trip again, um, Trisha did it pretty early on in the trip, I felt like. Mm-hmm. And when she said it, I was like, oh, totally forgot about that (laughs) let me try and not do that anymore and I took it in a way that was not mean because she didn't let it get to her so deeply that it became passive aggressive she said it in a very nice way where she was like hey can you um try and not do that I think I started with I know this is really nitpicky and weird but do you mind yeah and I made sure to start with that that disclaimer, like, I know that that's a little unreasonable. And just to clarify, so so a lot of people have this habit of scraping their fork against their teeth. To me, it's nails on the chalkboard, and I I don't like it. I can get through one or two meals and ignore it, but given that we are eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner together for seven days, that's 21 meals, 21 times to get through it is a lot for me, and I knew my threshold, and so... That's why I felt it was very important to say to Molly because I didn't want to have that in the back of my mind, of my mind every single meal. Like, this is bugging me, and that's going to ruin all of our meals. So I started by saying, 
I acknowledge that this is somewhat particular, but it, it, it's just bugging me. Do you mind not doing that? And of course, since this is something we talked about in the past, Molly was totally fine with it. And so she made a conscious effort to not do that, which is very sweet. But it also highlights the fact that these things that about your friend that you might not notice on a regular day-to-day basis might come up while you're traveling. You can either let it break the friendship and let it ruin things, or you can talk about it and whoop-de-doo, keep going. And because you said it so, like, earlier on and in such a um, thoughtful way, we even, like, made some jokes about it, I Mm -hmm. think. So it was a lighthearted, fun thing, not this weird, awkward conversation that had to do with scraping your teeth on a fork like yeah (laughs) I feel like we made it pretty fine that's true because if I had for example not said anything and then we got back and said oh my gosh I had such a fun time in Peru but Molly every time you ate it just drove me crazy Molly would have been like what the heck why didn't you tell me and I would have been super a lot of people don't say things like that because they don't want to risk hurting the other person's feelings but at the end of the day it's often more hurtful to not say something than it is to bring it up when you notice it. Mm-hmm. And these are things that don't usually come up except when you're traveling and being with the person so consistently. So it's really important. So on that note, if there's anything else, Trisha, you want to add? I think I got through my points. I just had one little story to say. Yeah. <laughs> if you're... So if you're traveling with someone, obviously keep in mind these things, but sometimes people will be traveling alone. I have traveled alone a lot and I don't mind traveling alone because I really like meeting new people. And so one thing that happens when I travel by myself is I tend to meet new people and I get to eat the things that I want. I get to see the things that I want and it's fine. I also, as I age, enjoy traveling more with people that I love because that's such a, it's a, such a great bonding experience. But our trip to Peru, Molly's flight was out at like 6 a.m., on our last day and mine wasn't until 9 p.m. So I had that day by myself and after being spoiled with Molly's presence for a week I was kind of bummed to be by myself but I made a little I had in my head the things that I wanted to do in this particular neighborhood in Lima where I was. So as I was leaving the Airbnb there was a man at the desk and I asked him for advice and suggestions on seeing this neighborhood. And he gave me, he's like, oh, walk this way, do this and this and this. And so I was like, okay, great. I knew what I wanted to do. This other man overheard me asking and came over and was like, oh, are you going to the main plaza? I'll walk you there. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, I didn't know the way, but it was first thing in the morning. I knew that I wanted my coffee and I knew that I wanted as my last breakfast in Peru, avocado toast, because for whatever reason, the avocado toast in Peru is so good, and they put, like, olive oil and these spices on it, and I highly recommend, and it's so cheap and delicious, so that's what I really wanted on my last morning, (laughs) and so this guy starts walking me, and he's just talking at me, like, not talking to me, he's just talking at me in Spanish, Please refer to after, like, episode one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, blah, 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 and, like, not letting me get a word in. And he was talking to me really fast in Spanish first thing in the morning. And my Spanish is decent, so I understood him, but I was, like, barely able to talk back. And we passed a cafe, and I said, oh, okay, I think I'm going to stop in here. And he's like, oh, no, 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 we're going to go have breakfast at this place. And, like, 
No. Just that sense of entitlement gets gets me. I don't like that. It's like, you didn't ask me if I wanted to have breakfast with you. You assume that since I'm alone and I ask for advice that I'm going to want to do whatever you want to do. But I was in such an... And do it with you. That's just very entitled and selfish yeah and so I was like okay I didn't know where the plaza was so I was like okay I guess we'll go to this breakfast place and I'll trust his opinion because a lot of times locals have really great advice and take you to nice places so I was like okay I can put up with it for a little bit longer and then he took me to this museum and I said I don't want to go into a museum like I just want to have breakfast and so we went to the cafe at the museum it was very expensive it didn't look very good. There was a super cute place across the street I wanted to go. They didn't have avocado toast. And so I was just, and he was like talking and talking and talking. And so I was in my head, like, I have to get out of this. Like, I have to leave. I don't want to be here. This is ruining my last morning. And I, I said to him, I was like, okay, like, this is really expensive. I only have a certain amount of the Peruvian currency left on me. Like, I needed to budget it. And I, I'm ready to, like, I'm going to go. And then he was like, no, 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 like, I'll pay. And it was just so annoying. He's like, I'll pay for it. And so then I was kind of stuck there, and he had already ordered his food. So I ordered, and long story short, I had breakfast with him. He walked me to the plaza, and then eventually I just had to say, I got to go. And I left. And it was annoying. Anyway, the point of this is then, like, an hour later, I was having coffee, and this Australian guy came up and wanted to, he asked if I wanted to get a drink, and I said, I just got here, and I would really like to have some time to myself. If I run into you later, then we can get a drink, but for now, I think I'm good. And it was fine. Good for you. And he understood, and I felt so much better, because part of me was like, oh gosh, now I'm going to have to go with this guy. But I didn't. Who said I had to go with that guy? He, I don't even know him. And so I was very... (laughs) proud of myself so as the take home if you find yourself traveling alone and you're in a situation where someone wants to hang out and you don't want to hang out with them you're totally allowed to say so just it's your trip you can make it what you want and Trisha you wanted that day to be yours and you made it that way which I'm very proud of you oh thank you after the first little hurdle in the morning but then you pushed through too like you were able to say thank you but no thank you for the rest of the freaking day with him so I think that's huge. But yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because that's something we kind of talked about earlier. It's your trip. you got to make it what you want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're put in situations where you might, like, it might be easier to not do what you want, but it's important mm-hmm. to know that you can do yeah. the things that you want to do on your trip. And if you're on the other end, like, if you're the person asking someone else to hang out, that's totally fine, but just make sure that you ask the guy that took me to breakfast didn't ask me anything. He just did it. And that, because of the language barrier, I just kind of went along with it. And so be respectful of someone. The Australian guy was so respectful when I said I was fine. He totally understood. He didn't try to push. He didn't follow me or anything like that. So make sure that if you are asking someone to hang out, that they might really want that. If I had been alone for a week, I would have probably jumped at the opportunity to get a drink with someone. But I was like, you know what? I want to go to the beach and journal for a little bit. That's just what I want with my last day. And I did it, and I was happy. Oh, that's so good. So I think that's a great, great point to end on. I like it a lot. All right. So what are your your take-home tips, Molly, for traveling and communicating while traveling? I think my take-home tip is before you even travel, write down your top five needs. 
whether it be like your travel needs, like I need to have food every three hours or your must-sees on the trip, like I need to go to this museum. Mm-hmm. Write those down and then communicate those with your travel partner. Or if you're traveling alone, make sure you get those things in mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you kind of can communicate that to yourself or your partner openly. Yeah, I I second that. I think the main take home is to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. but also with the person that you're traveling with. Set clear boundaries for yourself. So maybe you have this top 10 list of things you want to do, but maybe you want to be somewhat go with the flow. So if something better comes along, you're open to that. Know what you're willing to compromise on and what you're not. Maybe you decide you can splurge out of your budget because you stumbled upon a really fabulous restaurant, but you have to know that before you can communicate that to someone else. So really check in with yourself, make, know in your head what you want to do, and then communicate that to the other person in an honest way. Don't be afraid to put your foot down is my biggest take home. I think that's a great thing to send home too. These are both going to make your travel experiences way better and you're going to be able to enjoy the place without having to worry about the um will worry less about the communication with the partner or yourself yeah and remember that in all of our examples molly and i were so much more appreciative when we were open communicators we would have it it never went badly when we were honest with each other Mm -hmm. so keep that in mind as long as you're delicate in the way that you handle it then it's going to probably be a good thing. It's rarely, it's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. And always keep in mind your travel partner's mm-hmm. personality and communication style too. We did all this knowing each other and how they would kind of like take it. So do it to your best relationship. Yes. Cool. But we I don't think that made highly sense, but that makes recommend sense. <laughs> traveling with people that you know, people that you don't get to know people and practice all of these strategies. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, please feel free to email us at lawstartofcommunication at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Lost- I was just going to say that. Yeah. What is our stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> Trisha doesn't have an Instagram, so she doesn't know what to call in it. The dark. <laughs> the Instagram handle is Lost Art of Communication. And our Facebook page is Lost Art of Communication. So easy to find. And please follow us. We do some cute little posts. And see our pictures from Machu Picchu. Yeah. And you can message us on those um, platforms too. Great. Thanks so much for listening and happy travels. All right. Bye, guys.